Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com, check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Doc, thanks for coming back and being on with us again, buddy. Man, Jay, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm a regular here. I'm almost like a co-host with you sometimes. <laughs> At least I feel like it because I'm talking along with you during the interviews. Yeah, well, we can make I'm, that happen. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But, hey, so last time we talked about some different stuff. Today we want to talk about some more different stuff. So let's, yeah. get, let's get right into it and uh, let's dive deeper into this data stuff, huh? Yeah, man. So, like, everybody collects data. But there is so much more that we can do with the data. Even just, you know, I, how many people, how many sports don't test vertical jump? Wow. The swimming, I'm just curious, the swimming at, uh, at Richmond, do they test vertical? Uh, we have on and off, but I wouldn't say consistently enough, no. Okay, but they've done it, right? right? So we could take this simple vertical jump, and we know that if the jump went up or down, right? Well, I remember a, a specific instance that people have probably heard me talk about before, uh, with, uh, I was at a, a school as a strength and conditioning coach, and we had this kid that came in as a, I think he was actually recruited as a safety, and he got on campus, and we got this place called Gumby's Pizza, right, which I've never had Gumby's, you know, but he apparently loved it, because it was cheap, and it was fatty, it's the type whenever you hold it up, and the grease just, like, starts oh, spilling. Yeah. So, he got here, he was able to eat whatever he wanted, and, uh, he came from a fairly good family, so it's not like he didn't have money. Well, he went from a safety to an outside linebacker during that training camp. Okay, Yeah, he ate himself into an outside linebacker. Then, by the next year, it was inside linebacker to defensive end, and then it was defensive tackle. Now, our coaches like to look at numbers, right? This kid has put on, from, you know, uh, getting close to his senior year, he had put on 85, 90 pounds. Okay, 215 to like 305. Holy cow. Right? What do you think happened to his vertical jump? <laughs> Probably wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, dude, let's throw 90 pounds on. I don't care if it's muscle, man. If I throw 90 pounds on me, I'm not going to be getting up as high, right? So uh, the coach loved numbers, right? And he's looking at the vertical jump. He's like, Yay, you're a, you're, you know, you don't work hard. You're worthless. You know, you're not, you're letting the team down because all this, look at your vertical jump. You haven't PR'd since your freshman year. This is just crap. Everybody PR. So, you know, you can't be, uh, I'm like, coach, let's let, hold on. Let's look at something. And I pulled it out in a power equation, right? I go, we got to account for body weight. Look, he's, uh, you know, he's put on nine kilowatts of power over his time here. Or actually, it was four kilowatts. He went from like 5,000 watts to 9,000 watts, something like that, something crazy. And uh, I go, Coach, this guy is lighting up an entire city block with how much power he is putting out now versus when he started. But you're right. He is so much less powerful. He's a less powerful player because that vertical jump 
that inches didn't go up. It's like we got to take into account weight. And I didn't say it like that. I probably used some words I probably shouldn't have, and I got my ass ripped for the way that I talked to him. But, you know, the point is, is that we, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a professor now, baby. I don't have to worry about the damn thing. I can say what I want. Uh, but, you know, there's just so much more that we can do with any of the data that we take. But I wanted to take this vertical jump since everybody does this one test nearly. And let's just go down the rabbit hole deeper with this one thing and let's see what we can get and let's see what all we can find. Now, we realize and understanding that gravity is constant, right? It's like 9.8 something or other meters per second squared. I can only remember two digits, baby. All those concussions back in the day, man. <laughs> yeah, my brain don't work that good. But, you know, we know it's over 9.8 meters per second. Okay, meters per second squared since it's acceleration. So we know that that being constant, it ain't going to change. So our flight time and our jump height then is going, we're, we know what the speeds are. If you go up to a certain height, you had to have achieved a certain, you know, speed and, and weight and power. So realizing that we can, uh, there's been equations that predict power based off a of vertical jump. Now remind me to go over the weaknesses of this at the end because I get so excited about the strengths I'll forget the weaknesses. So I want to go over this first, though. So let's just do a quick, simple search. We go, oh, I've already got it up. Oh, wait, I got the evidence screen share yet. Did that yeah. actually click, Jay? Go ahead, click it. I'll do it again. Share screens. Oh, I didn't hit start. That was my problem. So here we go. I've gone, I've searched vertical jump power equations. Is this up? Is this showing? Yep, perfect. So we can look at a lot of different ones. And there's one site, this Top End Sports. It has got several different equations on here. It's got the Lewis formula, which I believe was the, uh, the first. It was found to be off a little bit. Uh, the Harmon equation was found to be more accurate. Just Johnson and Bumondi, uh, there's some stuff about that I can't remember. You know, it, it, uh, each one has got a little different thing to it. And they're all, you know, let's be honest, they're all pretty accurate. I use this equation because uh, Sarah's formula, if you've looked at a lot of my studies, this guy's on it, so if I didn't use the Sarah's formula, I would just be a complete and total dick, right? <laughs> so um, here I have got our profile. Well, son of a – I don't know what the hell that was. That was just me typing this stuff earlier. So we've got our name, which I've coded so that people don't know, and I just pull a part of our profile out. You know, we got 15 years' worth of data. It's got the position, the date. The, it's got all this stuff on here. We already showed the video about uh, the part with how to get the equation, right? And what to get the equation from. So, let's delete this out. So I'm just looking at my profile and what I'm trying to show here is that I've got all the stuff that we've ever collected. And this is only on a few guys over a few testing periods. This isn't the full 15 years worth of data file because I have a feeling it would shut stuff down. Yeah. Now, what we can do is look at and use our equation Okay, let me look over here really quick, and then I will write this down so I can plug it in and not go back and forth. Hopefully, that's not what shut Skype down, but we'll know if uh, it does it this time if it was. Yeah. Well, I've got 60.7 times my jump height in centimeters plus 45.3 times body mass in kilograms minus 2055. And that related very, very well to the force plate data. So 
I come here equals six zero point seven, not six seven seven times my vertical jump height. So I click on that cell. Now I need to get into centimeters, so I multiply by two point five four plus. I've got forty five point three times body weight in kilo. So I go here, divide that by 2.2. If you already take stuff in metric, you're, you're good, you're golden. You don't have to worry about converting to centimeters or anything. Now I go minus 2055. I click enter. This tells me that this person was put out 7,819 watts. All right, so then I can scroll this on down. This says value. I've got to look and see why does this say value. I look, they don't have a vertical jump. So if there's no vertical jump, you can't convert power. I'll delete that out. I've got it for this one. And this person had a, a, a knee injury. But let's go ahead and let's just take out the knee just so for we can see. And sometimes you don't want to take that number. Why do you not want to take that number? You don't want to include it in the person's average. No test. Uh, why would you not want to take it in their average? Because sometimes uh, just because of the program. Now, this is weird. Why does this person not have it. Let's see. They didn't test body weight. Let's see. Is it the same person? Their body weight was, let's give them 250 because they were 253 and 247. Let's just do that. Okay. So then we see that power and this one was quad. But if you don't want it to include in the person's, you know, categories and their, their average, then it's perfectly fine to just leave that data alone. So this tells us how many watts did this person put out? Okay, let's uh, let's do this. Let's freeze this column so that I can just scroll over and be able to do this. Freeze panes, first column, so that way I can look and we can go over a couple things here real quick. So we see that this athlete, they started out producing 8,500 watts. Okay, then he went up to 255 pounds and he was doing 9,254 and uh, 9,064. So he's put on over 500 watts over the course of his time, right? Which is fantastic, right? It's fantastic. So it depends. So now this might be enough to look at if we know simply an absolute value of what we want to go to for the course of a person's career. That gum, I almost swallowed it. I didn't want to, you know, I need to give myself the Heimlich on TV. So, uh, <clears throat> The, uh, so we can see what happens over the course of their career. Now, offensive line, defensive line, right? These positions were mass and just absolute power. Those are king, right? The bigger person is harder to move. They've got more inertia. Uh, and if they get that inertia, if they get it moving in one direction, they're going to have more momentum. And that means it's going to hurt harder whenever they hit you. So some of these people, like these offensive linemen right here, this guy, he started out at uh, 89, and he's only up at 91. This is like a year in, I think, for him, and uh, down to 9,000. Uh, we see what happened to his vertical jump there. He dropped three inches on his vertical. What happened? We also see that if we look across, he had a foot injury, uh, and I believe I took that off uh, there. So, you know, his power dropped a little bit, so it's no surprise. If we would have looked longer into his career, it might have gone up. Actually, if we look here, I think this was his first period at 79.51. Uh, 
and he moved up to 9,100 in uh, in a couple of years. So yeah, we'll we'll take that 1,200 watts improvement. So you're probably you're looking at a more powerful player. Now, does that mean that they can play the sport any better? No, it doesn't mean that they can necessarily play the sport any better because this has nothing to do with sports skill. But if it is, uh, I can tell you what I know that he could do better is if all you said was fire out of your stance as hard as you can, he's going to hit harder at 9,100 than he will at 79. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that much. Now, we can also, we can go even deeper into this. We could look at, I've got allometric in here. Let's just look at straight up relative. All right, so relative power. How do I do that? Relative just means per unit of body weight. Okay, so a lot of people look at relative strength. We can look at relative power. So equals this divided by, let's go with the body weight cell. And just to keep everything, and you wouldn't have to do this because you could look at it per pound. I like looking at it per, you know what, let's just look at it per pound. That's what most people are going to do. I like metric, but you know what, I'm funky, I'm weird. So we look at it per pound. So we see how many watts this guy could put out per pound. We scroll this down, bam. Okay, I see what this person is putting out per pound now. Let's look at this tight end. He came in, uh, I'm gonna guess 217's where he came in at, 36 watts per uh, pound, 36 and a half. Now he's doing 37.1. So he came out with a little over 0.1 additional watts per, uh, per pound. 28.2 to 30.6, an additional 2.4 watts per pound. Uh, and, you know, whenever you're seeing that, you know, was the power gain actually functional or was it a re- just a result of increasing body weight? Uh, because there is some skew to the equation with body weight. The heavier person is going to be jumping higher and is going to be more powerful. We see this guy going from 34 to 36.2, 34.3 to 36.3. 34.4 essentially if you round to 36.3. So he's putting out an additional two watts per pound, per pound. So if you're a 250 dude, pound dude, you're putting out an extra 500 watts. That, that's pretty impressive. Now, we've got the downside to this is whenever we're looking and if we're trying to break things down and we'll, we'll go over some Z scores here in a minute, uh, is that you're gonna have to look at relative power by position essentially, mm-hmm. power by position. Because body weight skews the equation a little bit. It's, it's more weighted towards the heavier person. What we can do is this thing called allometrically scaling. Now, what allometrically scaling does is uh, it essentially kind of accounts for your skeleton and uncontractile component, right? You scale to some certain exponent. And what we have found with our data that we put, just published a poster on, nothing big, and Jacobson found the exact same thing. It was 0.66 or 0.67. If you go to that power, it makes everything on the same scale, all right? So there, it, it takes away the skew of the body weight, even though we're like, well, you just looked at relative. Well, yeah, but then if we go relative, it actually skews it a little bit more towards the skinny guy. So if power is one way, relative is the other, Let's find the one in the middle that we can actually compare everybody to. So if I do this again, I go equals the power divided by body weight. If I do this little, I don't know, this upward arrow thing, I think people call it a carrot. Mm -hmm. This allows me to allometrically scale. So that takes my power 
and it takes it to body weight and it takes it allometric so it takes it takes the relative in account essentially it throws out the skeleton and non-contractile components so what this allows me to do is to compare more accurately among the person and more accurately among the team to see who is actually most powerful so if I look at this, I look for my biggest number, 225, right? So this running back at 255 pounds out of this small subset of the, oh, wait, hold on, 225. I got a 228 for this tight end, and I got a 228 for this tight end. So these two tight ends, this one's 228, almost 0.8. This tight end happened to be the most powerful person that we had on the team. So if you wanted to look and see that, well, this is the way to do it. Now, what I have found with our data is uh, and we'll go over it standardizing the score so we can get you know what let's just do that let's do that right now okay so we do we need to look at simpler numbers sometimes to see is this guy actually better or is this guy actually worse so to do that we need to work on standardizing scores Z scores or you talk to the Aussies or uh, some of the UK people they say Z Z scores as we found out at CVASP, I always was ahead of it because of talking to the Aussies, uh, Emma, like the day before. I knew what the heck she was saying because she said Z score to me. And I'm like, the hell's a Z score? <laughs> you know, Bobcat Goldway, you know, wasn't his guy named Zed on Police Academy? Actually, I think he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we need for to find out a standardized score, we need to do two things. We need to, let's, let's label this stuff over here. And you need to put these numbers... Uh, to a place where they're never going to get messed with. So we'll, we need to look at uh, mean vert power. How do we do that? Equals, I think if I do this, equals, let's try something. And if it doesn't work, because I don't remember how to do it. Ah, shit. Okay, it didn't work because of that. Then we'll just do it this way. And then you just have to go back through. There is a way that you can just do the whole column. Oh, you know what? I know what it is. Yeah. So if you just do V to V, that takes the whole column, and you could add on an infinite number of people, and you never have to change anything. I put in mean. Mean is not something that uh, Excel understands. It only understands average. Now, we also have to look at the standard deviation to be able to do that. How do you do that? Equals STDEVA of V to V. Bam. I've got that number. Now, here comes the fun part. Standardize. Uh, let's see. What I actually normally do to do the first one, because I always forget how to do this. Insert function standardized. You see what the number is? The mean and the standard deviation. So I'll click that. So standardize this number. My mean, so it doesn't change, will be, I throw in this dollar sign, so that locks it in. Dollar sign, AE, dollar sign, 2, dollar sign, AE, dollar sign, 3, Bam. 
So I don't know what that error was about, but it's fine. It worked. Let me pull you over a little bit so I can get to this. Roll it on down. Bam. I've got my standardized scores. So I can see exactly where they fall in relation to everybody else. Okay. Uh, plus or minus one, one you're, you're good. Now let's do it for the allometric. Uh, or rel relative. Just, why am I doing all of these? Because, dude, it doesn't take very long. How long is this taking right now? Not much time at all. Mean relative. Standard deviation. Relative. Okay? Equals average of W to W equals standard deviation of W to W. Allometric equals average of, what is that, X to X equals standard deviation. One of the things that I recommend is that you label everything. And you yeah, put it so far over to the side that you don't have to worry about it. Because you know how hard it is to figure out in four years from now what the hell you just put somewhere? Oh, no doubt. Dude, yeah. And, you know, if you've been somewhere long enough, like, I just did that the other day and had to start over. Uh, look, tried to figure out something that I did back in uh, 2011, which sucked. If I would have labeled it, I would have been okay. All right. So Z relative equals my Z, my regular. Oh, shit. Oops. Shouldn't have said that. It's just you, though. It's okay. <laughs> I remember that from whenever I dropped an F-bomb on the last one. <laughs> no worries, brother. Okay, then let's go dollar sign. AE dollar sign, oops, dollar sign three. Dollar sign AE dollar sign four. Man, I feel like uh, Steve Olson up here right now, man. <laughs> Drop that down. Delete the stuff. Oh, hold on. Negative 57. You can't have a negative Z score of that. Let me pull this down so I can see. W2, AE. That's my problem. That's AE4. There we go. That looks better. So whenever you're going along, just look. And you know that most of your numbers should be plus or minus one. So then you've got it. Now, we got. I guess we need to explain what are the standardized scores. So what the standardizing does is it compares everything to everybody. And you can even just compare those person to themselves to know, are they moving up or are they moving down? So we look at the O line, right? We see that he started out at a negative 0.27. He started out less powerful than most of the people on the team. He gets up to 0.34. He's getting more powerful than most of the people on the team. We look here for the uh, uh, running back one. That 0.409, that's pretty freaking good. Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's, well, he's tops right there. 
But then we go here for this the z-score of the relative, and we see who who's king. And it just allows you to not have to worry and filter through all these different numbers. It allows you just to, to set in on one and to see, is this person actually getting better or not? Uh, so then that's relative, and then we can do for the allometric, but let's, uh, let's just go ahead and do it since I'm on a roll. All right, equals standardize. Put in my bracket. I gotta make I gotta be able to spell properly too. Standardize this number, comma. Let's just go ahead and let's pull this. Pull this. Now, before you notice that I will put in the dollar sign to lock some cells, but I won't others. Whenever I lock that cell, whenever I scroll down, it will not allow it to change. Ah crap. What it will allow to change is this X2 or the reference cell that I'm looking at. So that way, it just changes looking at this number and this number. It doesn't make it go down to these two and then down to these two and then down to these two. Because mm -hmm. then that throws off my stats. I have nothing. And then you've got to do it yourself. But if you lock it in, it allows you to just click and drag, and your numbers are filled in. Okay, So that saves you a tremendous amount of time. I used to, before I knew that, I would have to go through and do that formula for each thing. Dude, it was brutal. Wow. Absolutely brutal. Uh, so, you know, this, whenever I learned how to do that locking the cell, it saved me hours with like Excel. So, uh, so we've got our allometric now. So we can look at whatever we want to look at. If we want to look at absolute, relative, as in watts per pound, or uh, allometric, that's going to allow it to be even with the entire team. Now, let's just, out of curiosity's sake, who is the most powerful for per pound of contractile component? It was tight end number three. Whenever he jumped, 39.4 inches. Okay? This all makes sense? Oh, yeah. And how, if you keep your data in Excel, how much more time does it take? Now, this took a significant amount of time. I can hear somebody like, Dude, I don't want to do that. That took you like eight minutes. Well, now look. Let's just uh, let's pick some random numbers. Something between ten and forty. Twenty-six. Come out. Twenty-six. Yeah. What else? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Oop. Thirty-two. How let's many more? Uh, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Uh, thirty. 31, 27. How many more you want? One more. Uh, 36. 36. Okay, now we can move over to the body weight. Let's pick out some more random numbers. Uh, 220, 225, 218, 300. Yeah, 305. Yeah. 270. 270, big bodies. Yeah. Uh, 265. And 195. We look, man. How much time did that take? That yeah. auto-populated. Yeah. Look at that. That's freaking gorgeous. Then we, whenever we're looking over here, we see, ooh, we got a 45-point. Man, this dude's a player right here. Well, I don't know if he's a player. He's but, a freak. 
He's a freak. <laughs> he is a freak athlete. 45.4. So this kind of takes into account, is your vertical jump good? Yeah. How's your body weight in relation to that? And now then not only do we see what's good, then we see how do they change over time? Is his power, his allometrically scaled power, is it going down as a result of getting stronger? If it's going down as a result of getting stronger, guess what we're not doing? The right thing. Right. Because it's not getting more powerful. Right. So this allows us to know what's going on over the course of time. Now, uh, one of the weaknesses to this, okay, one of the weaknesses to you doing this calculation is that we're calculating and estimating. We're not actually measuring. And I remember Ben Peterson one time in an interview was talking about vertical jump and saying that vertical jump is a skill that you can have two people achieve the same vertical jump height, but have very different powers. And this is absolutely true. We got to take into account what is vertical jump? What is it dependent upon? And it is dependent upon the height of the vertical jump is dependent upon the speed of center of mass on takeoff, right? Mm -hmm. So how fast your center of mass is on takeoff is going to determine how high you go. And of course, how much you weigh is also going to determine how high you go. And that's how you know our power equation suits up. To be able to get that jump, you can alter things that happen before your feet leave the ground. You can take a longer and deeper dip to have more time spinning and acceleration to gain more momentum to be able to jump, right? To leave, have your feet leave the ground. So Ben's absolutely right in that. And he was saying that's one of the downsides to vertical jump. But I take things and I look at it a little bit differently. I'm not as smart as Ben. Okay, I, I got to take things to the least common denominator. I got to make it super simple. I got to make it, it, it uh, you know, idiot proof and dumbfounded. I look at my bathroom scale, right? If I go to the doctor with this perfectly calibrated scale, it's never the same. But my bathroom scale is always my bathroom scale. I, it will tell me that if I'm up three pounds tomorrow, those chicken wings I ate tonight were damn good, and I ate a lot of them, so I put on some weight. If I weigh three pounds less tomorrow, the salad I ate was probably a good choice because I'm fat, so I need to lose weight. It'll tell me if I gained or lost weight. Now, these guys, they are always going to jump about the same, the same style, because they, they jump based off of how they are, and they jump based off of the score height that they are getting. So we can look at this and know that if they gained or lost power over the course of their career. Now to say, let's, let's just look back at these numbers here. We got this guy that's at a 0.45 and we got this guy that's at a 0.63. Okay, well maybe this 0.63, maybe this dude squatted so low that he actually touched the ground with his butt so he could get more time and acceleration to be able to jump. You know, he's like ultimate slow twitch fiber guy, but he compensates for it through these other means. Right. And maybe this guy, this .45 guy, he had no dip at all. I mean, we're talking like an eighth of an inch of the knee bend, and he's up in the air. So then this guy, of course, would be more powerful than this guy. But you know what? It doesn't matter because this guy went from .53 to .63. He became more powerful. This guy went from .25 to .45. He became a lot more powerful. We can look up here at the old line. This guy went from 0.19. Okay, hold on. 
0.43 to 0.17. He got more powerful. These are the things that we're wanting to look for. Here's a negative 0.74 for the same guy. Is this before or after? I don't know. I'd have to go over and look at the weight or dates rather. Uh, so all it's that we need to look at this is the change within the individual. It's so what if it doesn't work out for comparison from person to person? Because what matters is if that individual became more powerful or not. It's all about, we keep talking about N equals one, N equals one, N equals one. Right, this is N equals one. Did this guy get more powerful or less powerful? Mm -hmm. And we can tell that from simple statistics that took us absolutely, it took us five minutes to get it started, right? And it took that only that long because I, I talked while we were walking through and I hit the wrong button a couple of times because I got some fat fingers and, you know, concussion, baby, and I'm choking on my gum. So, uh, you know, it took five minutes. Well, for the rest of my career, cut let's paste. go. 22, not even cut and paste, man. It auto-populated. Oh, yeah. No, well, for, if you're going to separate teams. So oh, I guess yeah. My, so my next question with this, though, Doc, would be simply this. When you're looking at... The, if we go back over, I think the allometric scores are very important. I think that they oh, really yeah. help the individual student-athlete see what's getting better. But when we look at the relative scores versus players, do you think that there may be any concern that if – could that be used one of two ways? To show that they are recruiting kids – or aren't recruiting kids that are actually ballers. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that could screw your scores. Like, you could have seniors that are doing great and getting better and getting better, but then all of a sudden you're comparing them and you got this freshman kid who comes in and he's just blowing everything up. Well, now this kid who's, whose score versus the team was getting so much better, and now all of a sudden it just falls off the tank. So that's why that's, that's an excellent point. And whenever we're looking at the standardized scores, that does throw things off. But if we look at just the relative, not standardized, then we can see. And now what that's also telling us, and that's an excellent point, Jay, and here's something that I, I want to point out, and I, I hadn't even thought about talking about this today. We have had guys, you know, I've got 15 years worth of data for uh, Mizzou football, okay, 15 years worth of data. One of the things that was very, very interesting to me is that whenever we had guys that, God, I almost don't want to let the cat out of the bag on this one, but I already started, so I got to. We had guys that came in that their, their first jump, right, on their relative or their allometric, any of them actually, they were plus three standard deviations when they came in as freshmen. Now, whenever we put them through the regular program, these guys that were just the freaks, just absolute freaks, some of them couldn't play football to save their life. I mean, they were in the wrong sport. These guys would probably be all-American tracksters, you know, it'd be in whatever event, 100, long jump, uh, shot put, discus, yeah, whatever happened to be. Uh, you know, they might not have been able to play a lick of football, but they were freaking freak athletes. But whenever we just worried about getting them stronger at those initial levels, their power went down. Hmm. Their relative, you know, their uh, Z-score, it changed. And it wasn't because, uh, and I'm sorry, not even their Z-score, but the relative and allometric power, it actually decreased. They're, they were so, their nervous system was came down and touched by the hand of God. And we were taking that and making it fire slower through those heavy loads. Now, we're talking about, yeah, they're three standard deviations away from the norm, right? So we're looking at that 3% outlier, okay? The everybody else, dude, they're, 
and we look at our data that's right here, everybody was getting more powerful as they were getting stronger up to a point. And then we started going in with velocity and we could look at how that changed if we look over all the way to the left at the level. But I mean, shit, that, I mean, we could sit here and talk for hours on this and the, the impacts. But you see that whenever I've got this dude that it is touched by the hand of God, that things change. And interestingly enough, whenever we started looking at that data over the course of, I think it was only about eight or 10 years at this point, we started looking to see who our freaks were uh, then versus now. And sometimes it wasn't even close. We had a receiver that was the freak of the freaks of our team whenever we started. And he was just amazing. And he was the guy that ever, they still compared people back to. And we're whenever we brought in more recruits that were uh, more talented and more athletic and the coaches were still talking about him. I showed the data. It's like, Hey guys, this is where you think he was, right? You think that this guy was the number one and this is, he compared to everybody. This guy isn't even top 15 on our team now. And it just showed the level of kids that they were bringing in that, Hey, you know what? We got to change things. Right? We think that we're still dealing with these diesel trucks. We ain't getting diesel trucks no more, man. We're getting these sports cars. And these sports cars, you know, these diesel trucks, they take a while to warm up, and then they can go all day. They can go all day. These sports cars, they go fast, they burn hot, and then you got to let them cool off and sit in the garage for a while so you don't break them. Mm -hmm. And then you got to go in there and you got to do a little uh, more maintenance. With that diesel truck, all you had to do was put the key in, wait for that light to turn off, and you can turn the key and you're going all day. That Ferrari, shoot. I don't even know what maintenance needs on a Ferrari. No idea. With the Ferraris, it takes more care. Yeah. It takes more care. So then that kind of opened their eyes to that, like, oh, this is what we need to, to be looking at. Oh, that's why this person, it's not that he's out of shape. It's that he just he's going to need some rest every now and then. He can't go... We could even go back to that, that top-end receiver. We also had another guy that was on the same team. That uh, diesel truck of diesel trucks, man. So on testing, Coach Pinkle used to have his uh, testing on Fridays where they would do five weeks in a row. They would do the 40-yard dash. They would do a jump test and an agility test. And this kid would go run a 40, go do a jump, go do an agility, go do a 40, do a jump, do an agility, do a 40. Most people are running like three. This kid, I've got the data still. There were days whenever he would get 10 reps in. And every rep, he got faster. Jeepers. Yeah, you know, he wasn't that fast, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like he was rolling four twos. I mean, he was going like four eights down to a four seven okay, as a receiver, you know. Probably even four nines on his first couple of reps. It was just that the engine was warming up. Where the other guy that was the fast guy was going 4-4 right off the bat, and he ran two and was done. So, you know, it just kind of went back to illustrate that this guy over here that was getting faster every rep, he can play every down. He can play every down, and in the fourth quarter, he's going to be better than he was in the first. Our other guy over here, three or four plays, he needs a water break, and he'll go back out and he'll be able to maintain that high level. He is going to drop off super fast, mm -hmm. but, you know, him at 70%, is going to be more explosive and more chance of a touchdown than our diesel truck at top end at the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just a lot of things you got to weigh. 
And this is how you can take it and go into uh, apply it towards sports science type. But at the same time, you've got to make sure that you understand all the science, the basic hard science behind it before we start talking about the application and what this would tell us on the GPS and what this would tell us on, you know, uh, HRV and things like that. You've got to know completely what you're dealing with before we start going down the other rabbit hole. No doubt. You kind of wrote something about that that might have picked up a little bit of steam of late, too. Yeah, yeah it did, man. It, yeah. it did. So, yeah. But, hey, before you go, you guys got something going on with the NSCA here in a couple of weeks. Oh, baby. I'm glad you remembered because I would have been kicking myself in the ass and asking if we could get back on here. Hey, man, you know, I'm a, the, the, the chair of the College Strength Coach Special Interest Group. And on Saturday, July, let's see if I can pull up my calendar here. Saturday, July 9th at 8 a.m. to 9.30 down in New Orleans is at the National Conference is our SIG meeting for this National Conference. And, man, I am super duper excited beyond belief because I have got a guest speaker of guest speakers that she is just doing Q&A, and that's Natalia Verhoshansky. And hopefully I said that somewhat right. Uh, man, I am beyond excited. If you have a question about her or her dad's work, like, dude, I, I've talked to you before. I'm like, I don't know what she's saying here. You can ask her, right? Like, I've watched the CVASP stuff. Uh, I've watched all of her presentations through that, which are available at uh, Central Virginia Sports Performance Online. I'm sure some, whatever the website is. CVASP, yeah. Man, I, was, I was tweeting out stuff just from watching her video. It's like, holy cow. This is what it is for the drop and the depth, and this is what the reaction is going to be for these two. The stuff's unbelievable. So, you know, if, one, if you don't understand her stuff from reading, yeah, you know, it, it, sometimes it's tough to get your point across. But people ask questions, and she had you kind of probably feeding her stuff. Uh, but it, it makes a lot more sense in person. You can ask your specific question. Man, it's, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic that Natalia Verkoshansky, Verhoshansky is going to be here doing a Q&A at the NSCA SIG Saturday morning, 8 to 9.30. What is the room? I don't know. Check your app or check your uh, schedule, uh, and you'll find out what room we're going to be in. Uh, we'll have some business to attend to that's going to relate to a couple of things for the SIG. Uh, we'll have some uh, a, one other guest speaker coming in, Dr. Brian Garrity, to talk about the NSCA Coach Journal and how coaches can get more involved because if you think that the information in the field is lacking, it's your own dang fault. I almost dropped an F-bomb. Yeah, you did. That was, uh, you, were, you were puckered ready to go there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's your own fault, and he's going to talk about how to get involved to change that. Uh, and then we'll have, after those two things, it's going to be all Natalia. And, man, I'm beyond excited. Jay, I wish you could be there, but I know you got stuff to do, and you got to get ready for your clinic out there that's starting very, very soon, which, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make. But, baby, I'm going to see if I can't get in with the – I'll see if I can get some time off for good behavior to sit behind a, a computer and watch this thing. Well, yeah, that's always an option, Doc. But, yeah, having Natalia there will be great. Make sure you uh, send her my best. She's awesome. You're the nicest person you'll ever meet. And really open. Uh, I think if anybody needs to ask her anything at that meeting um, is for her to explain jumps. And I think that because she did that at one of our talks and the, the thing that is most overlooked and underappreciated is extensive short coupling jumping and what that does uh, when it comes to athletic performance. It's um, 
that's the cat's pajamas, man. And people don't understand it, you know, and it's like, you know, people, I, I, I talked about it at the clinic up at Juniata, Doug Smith's gig. You know, people want to throw plyometrics into this freaking huge cauldron of different things that are just molting together, and, and it's not the case. These people that are really smart and did a lot of work and invented all this stuff, uh, they have names for things. So, like, learn them and understand them because they, when people talk about there's word confusion and language confusion and it's all in vernacular, nah, dude, this is what it's called. It's like, it's not called trying to move bar fast training. It's called velocity-based training. You know, I mean, like, understand what they're trying to get across, what they're trying to tell you so that we eliminate the confusion and people can communicate more openly. Yeah, man. And that's why I'm so excited for her to finally finish this jumps manual. Oh, yeah. It's soon, so, too. Yeah. I don't know if Yosef wants us to tell him that, tell people that, but it's soon. Oh, shit. We'll edit that out then. <laughs> no, nah, we'll keep it on. He doesn't care. Okay. Because he's got a bunch of great stuff coming out now. I mean, he's got, right now in the cooker, he's got uh, one coming out from Hank, one coming out from Bondarchuk, uh, and one Sharon? from Isurin. Yeah, man. It's, uh, There's a lot of great stuff that's coming out. It's it's going to be fantastic. And, hey, on that Bondarchuk thing, man, it's it, it, it filled in a lot of the gaps for me on the, the previous Russian stuff. Because he does do a critique of the previous methods, mm -hmm. and then he comes out with his uh, – talking about his a lot. And we're getting him to put in some coaching logs. Because a lot of it people say is esoteric. Uh, and if it weren't for having access to people like Yosef and Doc and uh, – uh, Martin Bingesser and Derek Eve. Well, I haven't ever talked to Derek Evely, but some of the uh, uh, interviews that he's done, it kind of cleared some stuff up and put things in. But uh, if it weren't for that, I would not have the slightest clue what he was talking about. And he's going into some logs in this one, which I think is going to definitely clear up some confusion. Oh, yeah. It'll be absolutely awesome. Yeah. Well, Doc, thanks for spending the time with us today, man. Uh, we're going to get this up right away. And, um, people are going to love it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time to wrap with us, buddy. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, man. We'll catch up real soon. Sounds good. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an awesome interview with University of Missouri's Dr. Brian Mann. And if you're listening to this, I'm going to recommend you come back again and watch it on YouTube so you guys can see what we're doing. Because Dr. Mann's going to get into some different ways to look at vertical jump numbers so you can see how well your athletes are actually progressing ways that you could see if they're improving their power outputs and such. It's an absolutely awesome talk. Doc gives some great information here and some great things that can help the coaches. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Huge thanks to Dr. Mann again for taking the time to talk with us today, share this information, give you guys different ways that we can look at, you know, the, the testing results that we're getting with our kids. I think that this is some pretty awesome stuff, guys, and, and I hope you can take something from it. And if you enjoyed the talk, guys, please share it in the social media outlet of your choice. Just trying to get great information out there to coaches. So if you found it useful, please tweet it, Facebook, whatever it may be. We really appreciate you guys being a part of everything we're doing here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We hope to see you in a few weeks at the 2016 seminar. And until next week, guys, we will see you then with another great guest. Thanks.